Hello, welcome. Hello, welcome to the Dead Idea Valhalla podcast. This is episode seventeen, seventeen, one seven, one seven. I have four, 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 four points before we get on the show. Four points. First, one introduction. I'm Gary Butterfield. This is the Dead Idea Valhalla podcast. It is a variety podcast. Some of the times it is funny. Some of the times it is just music. Some of the times it is just interesting. I, Gary Butterfield, I have had a rough week. Listen. I have illness in my family. I have had emotional illness in my friends. So, instead of coming... One more time. So, I do not have a angry rant in me. I am not going to give you a what's the deal with etc 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 instead i have a song from my ep that i came out with a while back called life is insane watching eye that struggles to convey some kind of message but remembers nothing other than that it had a message it had to convey very good i have the second part of 88 lines about well about four women good uh me and zach rouse's conversation about love and romance I would like to apologize. Excellent. Apologize for the audio quality in that segment. I should have included something last episode about that. Uh, when I record these parts, I record on my eight-track recorder, and it sounds great. I have a pop screen, pop screen. We won't go through that again, but I have a pop screen. I have a nice microphone. When I record over Skype, I have a cheap gaming headset. Yeah. That is full of pops and bad audio quality. And Zach has a bad microphone as well. Um, that's something I'm working on. I'm going to buy a good mic for the computer for those segments. Get up! I ask you to please bear with me. Bear with me. Please bear with me. Now on to point two. 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 A couple episodes ago, I talked about the Valentine's Day massacre Come on. at Northern Illinois University. Um, one little bit that I left out of that that I think is kind of funny is the wisdom tooth I was having removed, uh, which was the reason I was not at the library to be shot with shotguns. Uh, I kept that, and I have it in a little sack on a little string so I can wear it around my neck. It gives me a plus one against school shootings. Come on. I also have, I had another piece of my my skull removed via dentistry. I talked about that in a later podcast. I have those bits as well. I'm hoping eventually to construct an entire human skeleton. Three. Three. Point three. 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 There's a website all of you guys should go to who are listening to this. It's gooncast.wiki.com. That's G-O-O-N-C-A-S-T-S dot W-I-K-I-D-O-T dot C-O-M. Very good. It's a podcast collective with me and some something awful goons. From the Something Awful forums. There are a lot of good shows on it. You've heard a couple promos for some of them. Uh, Lou reads the internet for you. Digital Porridge. There's a show called This Canadian Life. It's very good. Uh, the Radio is Dead. Several other ones. Um, you should go to that website and explore the world of amateur podcasting. It is a rich creamy vein for you to mine with your mind point four so it's very difficult um to promote a podcast or promote anything for me there's something in my personality that does not 
lend itself to self-salesmanship. Um, I'm very self-critical. So I find myself at a loss on a way to get more people to listen to the show, which I think is really good and I want people to listen to. I can tell everyone to tell their friends. I can talk about it on Facebook. But that only goes so far. So um, in addition to that website that was mentioned in point three, 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 I also am going to try to piggyback on to a very successful podcast uh, called Comedy Death Ray. I am a big fan, hosted by Scott Ackerman. Took me a little while to warm up to Scott, but now I think he is funny and I think his guests are funny. He has two two venues that will be appropriate for me. Um, one, one is he has a segment at the end of every episode called Plugs, where people plug their things. He invites people to write songs for it. Writing songs for random podcasts and, and segments and everything like that is my favorite thing to do in the world. So I would like to preview on this episode my plugs theme. And here it is. If you got something to sell, it's Secondly, um, they also have a segment on there called Jukebox Jury, where people submit comedy songs for the guests to vote on. These comedy songs are inevitably awful. 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 They're all terrible comedy raps where the joke is is that it's rap. Um, they're very vulgar and sexual, and I do not like them. Every time I listen to them, I think I can do better, and I have done better. Um, so here is my jukebox jury song it is actually a re-recording like kind of a cleaning up of a song from hobo town the musical um called it's a hobo's life and i'm going to submit it to comedy death ray but i'm going to preview it here i'm hoping that in the future any fans of the show who listen to comedy death ray will be hearing me on that show and this is it's a hobo's life find the cat for fish skeleton i told him to scat but he wouldn't run So I got out my hands And I gave him a scoop Now me and all my friends Well, we'll dine on kitty soup It's a hobo's life for me Can you see The stars from where you sleep It's a hobo's life for me I can see The stars from where I sleep Sleeping in public When along came a cop My hobo sensed his doll by drink So he got the drop he told me to go home and we both had a chuckle I still can't hold my bindle from where he wrapped my knuckle Sorry about the abbreviated intro to the show. Like I said, I've had a, a pretty rough week. Um, but so there are those things. And uh, here is the song before we get to me and Zach talking about girl ginas. 
This is called uh, The Innsmouth Look from my kind of Lovecraft-inspired EP that I did. Uh, life is an insane watching eye that struggles to convey some message but remembers nothing that it, except that it once had a message to convey. Um, yeah, and this is a song about the shadow over Innsmouth, which is my favorite Lovecraft work. four women one of the things i remember uh when i was in uh first grade or kindergarten when i was in aurora is there's this girl we used to hang out with named um wendy and one of the games we played on the playground was called magic wand and you'd have a a stick and <laughs> 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 it this sounds like way more way more advanced than it really is there's a whole fantasy role-playing element to it already um but you would you would have a stick and you if you pointed it at somebody you would say like an animal or something and then they would have to turn into that animal and everything and I remember like 
having whatever the the first grade or kindergarten equivalent of a crush would be on that girl. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because, and then now that I'm an adult, I've seen and read like you know porn forums and stuff like that about that specific fetish, like you know people turning into animals or half turned into animals. It's, not, it's a, like I never really made that connection, but it's definitely like something that's gone full circle as far as like, and I don't, I don't have that fetish, but it's you know at the time like I was, I was like erotically confused, not erotically, like emotionally confused about this girl, and used to spend a bunch of time pointing a stick at her and making her pretend to be different animals, and then now it's like I can see the Photoshop results of people doing the same thing, you know, with pictures of people and making them turn into half animals, and so it's just really yeah. strange, like. Very oddly specific. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I thank my lucky stars that I have no turn-ons that are uh, physically impossible. Oh yeah, like that would be that would be tragic. All these, just poor, like if you're hanging up where yeah, poor, yeah, boy tar, yeah, tar fans and the giantism, uh, what the <laughs> the term is for that. And vor. Yeah, fucking vor. Uh, <laughs> That's horrifying. It's horrifying. Vor. Um. Yeah, I I hate vor. I like the idea. It's something. Um. We one of our friends and I, I won't uh, I won't say the name um, and maybe if we end up talking about her later I will but there, you'll know what I'm talking about by the quote but there's a funny thing where like somebody had mentioned it was when we were hanging on the junction and it was post high school and how like we all just kind of had like you know kind of wanted her you know mm-hmm. so the the idea of being like heaven for us would be like all of us just kind of like being around this girl in heaven and it would simultaneously be hell for her but it'd be like the same situation. You know, like, it would just, like, be just happening at the same time. And that's what makes you, that's what I think of with Vor, is that, like, if, if there is a heaven and hell and someone would, like, you know, wanted, fantasized about me and wanted to vor me, and then, like, their heaven would just be me constantly being stuffed up their anus into their belly room, and then my hell would just be this giant, you know, guy just constantly <laughs> inserting me into his belly room through his fucking, toothy yeah, <laughs> like, toothy underbowels. So when, um, so, and, so moving on, like, when was the first time that, like, did you feel like it was plausible? Like, what was the first, like, Oh, God, I'm 28. I'm not sure it's plausible <laughs> now. <laughs> or, you know, even if you've been single for two years. Um, no, I get inclinations in high school, right? And then, like, the weird thing, right, about, the weird thing about being an awkward sort of nerdy guy uh, in high school, and I think maybe you can attest to that, this too, is that, and I, and I can't do it with any specificity now, but I remember specifically in middle school, and then even in high school, all of a sudden, there were girls who were interested in me, but they were, like, absolutely the wrong mm-hmm. girls. You know what I mean? That, like, when someone took a liking to me and made it obvious enough that it, it got through my, you know, impenetrable, mm-hmm. like, uh, lead-lined force field of ignorance, <laughs> it was always, like, someone who was just, it was, like, totally ridiculous, ridiculous, you know, but, uh, and it's always- ridiculously inappropriate person. On the other side, though, it's, like, that's a time when everyone kind of has ridiculous crushes on girls that are also ridiculously inappropriate, you know? So, oh, no, so the, actually... the girls that we had crushes on at the same time, that was true. They would be thinking the exact same thing about us. You know? That's absolutely true. I remember throughout high school and having this realization sort of late, kind of alarmingly late in high school was that I had like, I had a lot of crushes on like really the, the standard popular, I mean, you know, cheerleading, I don't think, had the, the cultural capital in our high school that it does in the sort of archetype, but the equivalent of the cheerleader girls, the student council girls and whatever, until, like, somewhere in my sophomore, junior year where I realized I wasn't interested in these girls, 
they were pretty in sort of an academic way. Why the hell was I wasting my time, like, having a crush on someone who, A, wouldn't talk to me, and B, if I ever talked to them, would realize that the only thing that we had in common was I thought she was pretty, and she was pretty. Mm-hmm. that's your comment tell me how that doesn't build a great you know relationship yeah yeah what about what about you when did it seem possible to you um so i i definitely had like a uh you know and who knows the uh how much of the the name i'll keep in but like the first like serious crush i had in which makes no sense going you know moving on later was claire like i was Mm -hmm. i was pretty into her like when i met her at the time and this, you never let out though, because you guys knew each other for a long time before you dated, and I never. Oh yeah, no, but it was it was definitely the case. Like I was, I was. Well, it's it's about high school and middle school, right? What's the other thing too? Is like when you're interested in someone, the last thing you would ever do is tell them or even your friends mm-hmm. for fear it would get to them. I don't know if that's universal or just by like dorky people, right? But this implicit in there is like a shame and insecurity about who you are. Is like the worst thing that could happen is the person, the object of your affection, figures that right, out. Right, exactly. You want to, you don't want to be rejected. And the, uh, and then you get old enough and you realize that, like, you have, you literally have nothing to lose with that because you're already, you're, pre- you get old enough to realize that? Are you sure? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're sure? I've been single for two years, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, you're, you're just like, you're, you're projected before you actually do anything. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I didn't let on because I didn't want to, you know, it would have been awkward. Like, I didn't, you guys were all buddies and yeah. everything. and. And it was a terrible idea and turned out to be a terrible idea later, which I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, you know, it was pretty, like, I had that pretty, pretty heavy into my head. I ended up at some point, freshman year or eighth grade, uh, writing a letter to, to her, to that effect, with a bunch of mixtapes. And, and <laughs> sent it, and, and the, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, got no response for a long time, and then like a polite rejection. And, uh, that, that's like, it was a real, like, one of my first times I ever put myself out there and ended disastrously and, and destroyed me for a couple of years. Like, I was, you know, <laughs> felt, felt terrible. Yeah. And, like, in retrospect, it, it, the whole thing is, you know, pretty embarrassing because, you know, who it, who it was and how it turned out to be once I got that, you know, it's like I wished on a monkey paw. Uh, I'm just also, like, knowing Gary Butterfield at the time, I'm imagining the content of the mixtape. So it's like, yeah. How, how can I say I love you with, like, all of REM's R-E-M, <laughs> uh, 10,000 Maniacs, Toe of the Wet Sprocket, um, <laughs> and, and, and that was a yeah. base, nothing base. makes yeah. nothing makes the panties drop like Toe of the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, but knowing me, it wasn't like I knew it was going to be a Toe of the Wet Sprocket like deep cut at the time. Like I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, because you were. We were in a fucking tub the wet sprocket. I mean, everybody knows. But his hits it albums are for housewives and uh, little girls. Everybody knows what happens when you get in a TTWS hole, you know, and you just can't, <laughs> you just can't get out. Like, like, like you were like the like Sting in his castle, listening to only yeah. the same recordings. <laughs> Except it was me only listening to the wet sprocket. It was a weird year. I, it informed my- I would give you twenty dollars right now if you could name a member of the wet sprocket. I don't think I, don't think I could at the time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. I didn't know. I I can. I I I do know multiple album tracks that are not singles. Okay. That band still left over from uh when that when that was. But yeah, so that was a really super embarrassing you know let down thing. And I was I was pretty uh pretty pretty hard up on it. Like I was pretty interested in it, and it did did not work out. And felt like it was gonna happen. And like I remember at one point specifically when I thought it was going to. Like I never talked to you guys about it. 
mm-hmm. but I talked to Doug and Derek about it because they were not friends with you guys. Um, and I remember a point when I, <laughs> that's a team of romantic advising. <laughs> I talked to the, I, I consulted the tribunal of, yeah. uh, yeah, the, uh, and, uh, I remember talking to them about it at the time. Cause when I, when I first did it, I felt pretty good about it. And I was like, oh, it's going to happen. You know, you guys, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, have this girlfriend. It's going to be great. You know, and then, uh, it didn't, uh, she was broken up. It's sad. You know, it's kind of amazing. You know, it's kind of amazing about like early in high school. And again, I don't want to speak universally, but it's like definitely sort of true of like nerdy, sort of socially awkward, socially, you know, mystic guys is that like the one guy who breaks through and sort of goes out and, and has a girlfriend and maybe even has sex is like kind of duty bound to come back to the rest of the clan with reports. Mm. Like, I have been to the land of hand jobs, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, when I first uh, did did have sex when I was 16, and then we won't get into high school and everything so much this time. I'll probably save, like, yeah. the majority of high school um, for next time. Yeah. But, like, uh, I remember specifically talking to Derek, and Derek just being like, so what's pussy taste like? Um, you know, because he just gets right to the point. And then, yeah. but it, it was, that's definitely a thing. Like there's, it's funny because the way that, you know, you kind of go through this phase, like you start out having this inkling of it. And then when you have the ability to, to learn about it, like me and Derek spent countless hours in his basement, like looking at terrible porn, like just like yeah. the worst, you know, like things just because we wanted to see what it was and what it was like. Like some girl has a beer can in her, of course I want to see that. I want to know what that is, you know? And it wasn't like yeah. erotic. It was, I mean, it was erotic in the same way anything was erotic. Like, you know, I, I don't specifically remember the state of my penis during the health education video on childbirth, but like, I wouldn't have put it past myself to somehow eroticize that because it was, oh, God. you know, yeah. which is ridiculous because it's disgusting. But it, it, the, uh, you know, you, you eroticize anything at that time. Like I, Absolutely. you know, fa- famously, uh, you know, well, one of my all time embarrassing stories of famously, uh, before I got glasses, masturbating to James E. Haw. In the, in the Siamese, uh, or the video for Smashing Pumpkins today, because I thought in a dress he was a cute Japanese girl. Who's, who's that hot Asian yeah, who's chick? Who's that hot Asian chick in this video? Oh god. To be continued.
Hi, this is Gary Butterfield of the Dead Idea Valhalla podcast. If you like the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Join it on Facebook, follow it on Twitter, send me an email. Um, go to your local library, read a book. You don't actually need to drink eight glasses of water a day, that's a myth. Just drink water when you're thirsty, listen to the podcast when you want to, but tell people about it always if you like it. I really appreciate it. Go to www.deadideabahala.com. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart and the top of my heart.